Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. But how many of y'all believe 2023 is going to be God's best for me? Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. Come on, how many of y'all believe that in 2023, I'm going to be the head and not the tail, that I'm going to be above only and not beneath? Like we talked Wednesday night, that those valley places in my life, I'm going to pull them up. I'm going to deal with some things this year. Come on, we need to deal with some things. If something's been plaguing you, if something has been tempting you, if something has been getting you down for the last 10 years, let's make 2023 the year that we deal with the enemy and that we walk in victory. Let's make it like that mountain in our life, let's make a road through it. Those crooked places in our life, let's make it straight because I'm believing with all my heart that we as the body of Christ will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Come on, who's with me today? As you're standing, I want to read a passage of scripture to you. It's found in John 15 and verse 1. It says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. He said, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. He said, you are already clean because of the word which I have given you. Don't you love that? Come on, last week we talked about the Word and how it's a key that we ought to have fighting in our life in 2023. And I'll tell you that, when we get in the Word, we're already made clean by what we hear. We fight the good fight of faith. We, uh, uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And Jesus says, He says, you're already made clean by the words which I've already given you. He said, remain in me. Everybody say, remain in me. He said, and I will remain in you, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. Let's make this a year in 2023 where we remain in God. Let's not take these moments or these months or these minutes or these times where we step away from God and we do our own thing. Let's make it in 2023 because I'm telling you that's the only way you'll win is when you stay grounded and connected to the vine who is Jesus. It says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. God, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. God, I pray that today, God, that as we get in your word, I pray, Lord, that it encourages us. I pray, Lord, that it makes us strong. I pray, God, today, I pray for those situations that seem so out of reach, so out of touch. That we don't know what the answer is. I lift up that business to you, God. That right now, they don't know whether to go left or right or up or down. But Lord, I know that your word tells us this, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Your word also tells us the book of James, if we ask for wisdom, that you would give it to us liberally. And so I lift up those to you right now, God, that are in that hard place. That's backed in a corner that don't know how to get out of it. I pray that you make a way when there seems to be no way. Lord, we choose not to trust in our own ambitions or desires. But God, we choose to trust you. That you'll make a way when there seems to be no way. So right now, I pray that there's encouragement in the room. I pray, God, that we would feel the grace of our master 
Lord Jesus Christ. We'd feel the extravagant love of God. And we'd feel the fellowship of the Holy Spirit guiding us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. We'll look at somebody and say, you're lucky you get to sit next to me. You're so lucky you get to sit next to me. All right, all right, all right. Amen. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Well, I, uh, I want to continue off of last week what we were talking about. We had, we, we're in this series right now called Keys to Fighting. I really wasn't going to start a series, but I believe last week there was something that was done by the empowering of the Holy Spirit that was spoken out that we ought to, how many of y'all know you, you, every day we've got to fight the good fight of faith. And if we're not wrong, uh, you know, I believe there's something in us that we like a good fight. I believe there's something in each and every one of us that we like a good fight. I love it when people get defeated. I, I gave an example this morning about uh, uh, yesterday, um, Heidi, Doug, after y'all left, left the wrestling tournament, some passion flared up inside the room. And uh, that's what happens at wrestling tournaments. But it reminded me, it, it, it's from the same club, but a couple weeks ago, we were at this wrestling tournament in Lubbock. And there was this mom that went to another mom at, of the same club. It's not like these were competing people. But she went up to her and she said this. She, she put her finger right on her nose and she began to press on it. And she said, you tell your daughter, if she makes one more remark to my daughter, I'm going to whip yours. You know what I'm talking about. And so you know what I did as a man of God? <laughs> I said, Anson, honey, I cannot wait to watch this. And she was pressing on her, and she said, let me tell you what I'm going to do to you. She began to describe every little thing that she was going to do. And that person that was standing there, she was taking it. And, I mean, she was pressing all over her face. And I was thinking, my mercy, she's gone a little, man, she has stepped over the line. Well, the, the girl that was doing it standing over here, her husband comes and picks her up. I was so mad at that husband. <laughs> picks her up, takes her away, and this one that was getting pressed on... She came alive when she left. Let me have her. And she started going crazy, you know, just like everybody uh, wants to do. But, uh, I, I, you know, I'll just be honest with you. I was ready for a good fight. Man, I was excited about it. But two husbands had to ruin the day and take their women away uh, from each other. But I told them when we left, I said, we will be back to this tournament. The drama that I have seen here, it was better than anything I've seen on social media for a month. So... We will be back. But my whole point is this. Uh, how many of y'all know, whether you're in a fight right now or coming out of a fight, I need to warn you of this. This is not speaking ill-mannered of faith. But if you're going into this year, there's going to be a fight. Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. We're going to have a fight. And we as the body of Christ need to know how to fight the good fight of faith. Paul, at the end of his life, he said, I've run the race and I've fought the fight. And I don't know about you, I don't want to give up and I don't want people to see in my life that I've thrown in the towel, that I've given up on what God has in store for me. And I believe in this. You may look at the economy, you may look at this digital coin, you may look at these clowns in the, in the, in the Senate and Congress right now. 
and think to yourself, there is no hope. I'll tell you as the body of Christ, there is hope for people of God. Let me say that again. There is hope for people of God. I'm believing with all my heart, and you get in agreement with me as we fast next week, we're believing for revival. We're believing for blind eyes to see. We're believing for deaf ears to hear. We're believing for the lame to walk. And I'm not just talking about the spiritual things or, or, or physical things. I'm talking about the spiritual things, people that haven't been able to see. See, what I was talking about last week in 2 Kings chapter 6 is I gave you the example of Elisha. Uh, they're up against the Aramean army. And God keeps speaking to Elisha, uh, and he has one step ahead of him. And the Aramean guy realizes this. He keeps, Elisha keeps talking to the king of Israel, and he's one step ahead of us, so we've got to take out him. So we see from this story that, that Elisha's servant, Gehazi, he goes out, and he sees that they are surrounded by chariots. So he comes in, and he says to him, he says, uh, uh, Master, uh, they're going to take us out because we are surrounded right now. And he tells him, he said, there may be a lot of them, but there's more of us. There's maybe a lot of them, but there's more of us. And he said, my prayer for you is this, is that your eyes would be open to see. See, my prayer for you today is this, is not that the fight would be easy. Because I believe there's something that happens in fighting that prepares you for what God has in store for your future. See, the things that you're dealing with today will be just a molehill down the road when you face the mountain that is ahead of you. But how many of y'all know God's called us to take mountains? God's called us to take valleys. God's called us to go to new heights, new depths, new places. Come on, we're going this year in 2023. God's best for me. Who's with me this morning? And so when thinking about this, my prayer for you is that your eyes, your spiritual eyes would be open to see. And your spiritual ears would be open to hear because there is an adversary, an enemy that roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Already this week you made the plan, I'm not going to get offended. But you got on Facebook one day and got offended. There's a phone call that you got. There's things that are happening. See, I'm telling you, there is something that's happened supernaturally. It's the supernatural that affects the natural. It's the things that are happening. There is heaven and hell is at stake. There is angels that are fighting demons right now. As you pray, by the Spirit of God, there is things that are happening. What's happening in Washington, D.C., I'm telling you, it is a spiritual battle that is happening all around the world. And so that's my prayer, is that we, if we're going to fight, and if we're going to be in the victory circle at the end of 2023, how many of y'all know, in order for him to be the healer, He's got to heal. And in order for him to be Jehovah Jireh, he's got to be the provider. In order for him to be Jehovah Nisi, the God of victory, there's got to be some battles won in order for him to claim the title that he owns. Are you hearing me? And so we talked about keys to fighting last week, and we talked about uh, the word of God being in our life. But Matthew 16 and verse 18 he said, I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, everybody say gates. He said, the gates of Hades or hell, death, will not overpower it. I will give you the keys, everybody say keys. Authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. So he tells us, he says that there is gates that get people into hell, but there is also keys that unlock doors, that bind and loose. There's not just one, there's many. 
There's keys of overcoming. There's keys to unlock. The Bible tells us in Revelation, behold the key of David. I lock doors that no man can shut, and I shut doors that no man can open. How many of y'all want a favor that's upon your life or an anointing that's upon your life that says, I, you know, I don't know why, but he always has the right parking spot. He always has favor with the dean at the university. He always has favor or she always has favor with so-and-so. I'm telling you, you can have that, but you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? And so, talking about keys, we talked about keys. One of the keys of uh, fighting last week was the word. The second one today I want to talk about is prayer. Everybody say prayer. Come on, everybody say prayer. Prayer. I mean, y'all know prayer is important. Like, Pastor, you talk about prayer all the time. I do because I believe in it, one. Number two, I am a prayer, prayer, I pray. Uh, n- number, number three is this, prayer works. Number four is you don't do it, so I'm going to keep praying about it, or to be talking about it, talking about prayer, all right? But I wrote something down. How many of y'all know prayer, if you're going to be in the winner's circle this year, it's got to be a common spiritual discipline in your life? I wrote this down. Write it down. Your prayer life could be the difference between winning and losing. Your prayer life could be the difference between winning and losing. Come on, in 2023, challenges that you'll be facing with your family, challenges that you'll be facing with your career, challenges that you'll be facing with your future. I don't know about you, but I want to win. I want to win. And so think about this. You have the ability to connect with the king. That's what prayer is. You know, uh, isn't that something when uh, I've watched TikToks and, and Instagrams and different videos on YouTube of people trying to make the, the guards outside of the palace in Great Britain, trying to make them, make, you know, make them laugh or do something, you know, the furry hats, I forget what they're called. But why is there a guard there? Because not everybody gets to speak to the king. How many of y'all know all over the world, not everybody gets to speak to the president of the United States of America? But isn't that something? We have the ability, because of us being a born-again believer, we have the ability to come boldly to the throne room of grace. Are you hearing me today? Think about that. I think we take prayer as as a a disadvantage or, or we take it for granted because we don't see really what it is. But prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the author, and the finisher of our faith. Come on, we don't have to go through no guards or anything like that. We can just say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Are you hearing me today? Come on, let's not in 2023, uh, let's not take it for granted. Think about how powerful prayer is. And as I was thinking about this, the Lord gave me an example in Exodus chapter 17. If you would go there with me. Here we see, if you read the book of Genesis and Exodus, I love to read these books at the beginning of the year. But Moses uh, is leading the people of Egypt, or leading the people of God, the Israelites, out of Egypt, and they're headed to the promised land. And during this time, they go through the wilderness, and the Bible says that there, or a commentary tells us that there is about three million people traveling through the wilderness with him. But can I tell you, as a pastor, over 300, 400 people, I can't even imagine. Three million people. 
How many of y'all know he's got to have a close relationship with God, an intimate relationship with the Lord? And so they face challenges. But what I love about reading in Genesis and Exodus and these old stories, with each challenge, they learn something new about God. You know what my prayer for you is that in 2023, the, the challenges that you come up against that may be new to you, but they're not new to God, the challenges that may be big to you, but they're not bigger than God, the challenges that have may have been around there for a long time, but they weren't here before God was. In those challenges that you would learn something, a new facet, a new characteristic about the Lord. And, and what I love about Exodus here is God always had a plan to see them through. They got bit by a snake. God had a plan of healing for their life. They, they ran out of water. God had a plan of provision. And can I tell you, God still has a plan to see you through today. Right? I mean, we see the headlines and everything that's going on. I'm telling you, we can't walk, we, we can't by, walk by what we see, by what we hear. We have to walk by faith. And God still has a plan for God's people. So if you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 17 and verse 11 here, they're fighting the Amalekites, and Moses has had enough. This guy, um, Amalek, he keeps poking his ugly head through, trying to distract the Israelites of where they're supposed to go and what they're supposed to do. And so as they're fighting the Amalekites, Moses has had enough. How many of y'all have ever had them moments? That's it. I'm doing something about this. Like you have that faucet that's been leaking forever, right? And finally, you've had enough. How many of y'all know in 2023, we need to have enough of some things in our life and get some things fixed, right? And so... um, He said, that's it, I've had enough. Joshua, you go to the valley and you fight. You go do what you do, you're a fighter. He said, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go up on the hilltop, up on the mountain here, and I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna take Aaron, I'm gonna take her with me. And the Bible tells us in Exodus 17, verse 11, now when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and when he lowered his hand due to fatigue, Amalek prevailed. So his hands were lifted. Again, I'm going back to this could be the difference between you winning and losing in your life. He's up on the hill. He's praying. Joshua is down in the battle, and he's fighting. And winning and losing was not determined on how Joshua was fighting. Winning and losing was not determined on how many men there were. Winning and losing was not determined on his strategy. Winning and losing was not dependent on the education that Joshua had received. Winning and losing was dependent on the prayer life of Moses. Are you hearing me? Do I believe this still works today? Yes. How many of y'all know this could be the difference between you winning and losing this year? But we still, I mean, but he had to pray and Joshua had to fight. Just because you pray doesn't mean that you don't have to fight. How many of y'all know we still have to put our hand to the plow? How many of y'all know there's still things where we still have to walk in wisdom? We have to pray. We need the supernatural touch of the Heavenly Father in our situation, but we've still got to do something. And how many of y'all know we still got to dig ditches? And so you still have to do your part, but can I tell you this? Your part is just your part. What's essential is inviting God into the situation. As I was thinking about him having his hands raised, they were winning, and when he put them down, they were losing because of fatigue. The Lord reminded me of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8 as Paul is talking to the young pastor here at Timothy. He says, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. I believe this, our hands lifted up in prayer, it moves the hand of God. 
How many of y'all know when we're in reverence before the Lord? How many of y'all know if we all got in unity and put our pride down in 2023 and don't care about what our friends think about us, what our family thinks about us, and we care only about what God thinks about us, think about the hand of God that can move in this place, of people being healed, delivered, set free. Come on, going uh, sons and daughters coming back to the land of the living. How about in 2023, let's move the hand of God and let's humble ourselves and seek the Father. Is anybody getting anything out of the word already? I hope you are. And so, uh, and then in Matthew, so then it goes on in Exodus 17 and verse 12. He says, but Moses' hands were heavy and he grew tired. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Hur held up his hands and one on one side and one on the other side. And so it it was that this that his hands were steady until the sun had set. So they realized they were losing when his arms went down. When his friends held them up until until Joshua defeated them. You know uh, what my prayer for each and every one of us that this year that some enemies get defeated. But Jesus said this in Matthew 18 and verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together my, my, as my followers, I am there among them. You know what I'm believing? And this is where our part, this is where we play our part. This is where we begin to be faithful on nights where we come together in corporate prayer. I'm going to go ahead and invite you. Go ahead and write it down. Or on the 22nd, we're going to break the fast. Next week, I'm talking about fasting. Come on, I was hoping I'd get some excitement out of all you guys. Go ahead and prepare your kids. Prepare your kids. No tablets for the week of the, uh, what is it? 16th through the 22nd. We're only going seven days. We used to do 21, y'all. And I scared most of y'all. Like, this guy is crazy. Then we've gone 10. I went seven because I was hoping I would at least get a few more people involved. Because I'm telling you, you want to see the power of God in operation. You fast, you disconnect from the world, and you connect to God. You'll be walking on water by the end of the week. Are you ready for that? I'm ready for that. But um, we're talking about times of corporate prayer. You know, we might have 10. We may have 12 people here. We might have 15 people here. But I'm telling you, I hope you see in the text right here, when these guys got on both sides of him and they got in unity and he began to pray for the people of God, enemies got defeated. You know what's going to happen for revival to spark this land, to spark this church, to spark your family, for loved ones to come back and have a zeal for the love of God. I'm telling you, it's going to take not just one person. It's going to take two people. It's going to take three people having a hunger for righteousness, a hunger for righteousness. And I don't know about you, but I want it. I crave it. I desire it. I pray for it. We need it. We need it. America needs a move of God. And it might as well start with us. Can I get an amen? Come on, it might as well start with us. Come on, it might as well start with us. 2023 is God's best for me. So let's identify some things in our lives that are beyond our control. You know, last week I encouraged all of you that this year you ought to set a goal, a spiritual goal. And I have some goals for my life. But I know this, that when I set like physical goals or financial goals or business goals or whatever, I know this, that it 
it, I control the outcome of the goal. Would you agree with that? That I will, I will control the outcome of that. But there are some things in the spirit that I don't call them goals. I call them faith targets. Because I know it's out of my control. And if, if only if the hand of God moves, it will happen. See, there's some of y'all, you're believing God. You're believing God for somebody to come back to Jesus. But because of your control over the situation, you keep pushing them further away. How about in 2023, you give it to God and let him unlock some doors that need to be unlocked. Let's have some faith targets where, where like only if like I know some of you have had reports from the doctor like only if God moves can this happen. Like a miracle has to take place in order for this to, for this to happen. And I don't know about you, but I want some faith targets in my life, in my family, in every area of my life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16, you don't have to go there. I'm talking about prayer this morning. And we learned this a couple weeks ago, but he said, always be joyful. Who's happy today? How many of y'all know we need to always be joyful? He said, never stop praying. So how often should we stop praying? Never. Never. He said, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So he says, never stop praying. When I tell you never stop praying, I'm going to explain this in just a moment, but I believe that we should always be at a place, if you're going to be in the winner's circle in your life, you've got to be at a place where you never stop. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, he says, now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point at, that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. At all times. So look what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. Pastor, what does this mean? Well, I think he, you could say it with an hour. Uh, there's some of you, you're freaking out. You're like, Pastor, you want me to pray for 30 minutes? Pastor, you want me to pray for an hour? Pastor, you want me to pray for 20 minutes? 20, 20 minutes? No, I'm not saying you have to pray for 20 minutes. But I would encourage you not to go 20 minutes without praying. Like there should always be something in you that you're connected with God. That, that be, be, before you get in the car and drive, remember there is something in the spiritual that is happening that's trying to take you and your family out. That you say, you know what, keep your angels charged round about me. Keep me in all my ways that no evil befalls me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Let's be at a place this year in 2023 that it's our first response and not our last resort. Now, I know I've said that before, but let's really, in 2023, let's make that our first response. Like, I'll give you an example that uh, we as a family, you know, all my kids, before they have competed um, of any, whether it be baseball, whether it be basketball, wrestling, volleyball, all of my kids... Before they do anything, yesterday me and the boys went to a wrestling tournament. Before we got out of the car, I got an agreement, and I prayed with the boys. And I, I prayed that, that uh, God would bless them and keep them, his face shine upon them, that they would be an example, that he would keep his angels charge around about them. See, lots of times we ring the bell of, God, I need your help in prayer. And that's the only time we pray. How about we pray before we need the help? Like before we go on vacation, we pull out, we, we get in the car and we're looking at our house and we as a family, we, we, 
lift our hands towards the house and we say this. We say, God, we pray you keep your angels charged around our property. Keep it in all its ways that no evil befalls it. Can I tell you, has, has it always been perfect? Have we not had phone from home and say, hey, this has happened? No, I mean, there's been times where the enemy has tried to take us out. But I'm just telling you this. We have more confidence when we know that the creator of the universe hears our cry and we pray. We don't ring the bell when it's everything's wrong. We ring the bell before anything's wrong. Are you hearing me this morning? So let's make it a first response. Uh, uh, let's, let's do it first rather than last. Last night, Anson came, um, Anson came down to me and he goes, um, I'm just stopped up. And he said, I'm, I'm feeling um, like coldish or things like that. And I said, son, this is what we're going to do. He said, I already know what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And I said, you're right. I said, you pray, and I'm going to get in agreement with you. He woke up this morning. He's doing great. But my whole point is this. I love it that my kids are already beginning to see that this is a first response, not a last resort in the Bennett home. In John 15 and verse 4, he says, remain in me and I in you, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I tell you what will keep you grounded to the vine, which is Jesus? It's prayer. So four things, real quick. If you're taking notes, write down these four things. How I will remain in the vine in 2023 in my life, in my, in my conduct, in my discipline of prayer. This is very simple, all right? I didn't have a beam of light come down and write this in my Bible. It's this. Number one, very simple. You're going to have to make it a priority. Number one, prayer has to be a priority. Because all else fails, you might as well pray. Not pray because, you know, there's lots of times we say, you know what? Everything else I've tried, it just hadn't worked. All I have left is prayer. See, that's where you've messed up. Right? We pray because everything else does fail. Let's get in an attitude of prayer. I love the story in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. He says, now when Daniel, so let me give you some context. There are some men that came together. They see this prayer life that Daniel has. They see the anointing that's upon his life. I told you in the, the story of David that when there's an anointing on your life, there will be people that will be attracted to you to build you up, but there will also be people to tear you down. So there's an anointing on Daniel's life in Daniel chapter 6 that we see this, that there is, there is these men that go to the king and they said, you set up this, this uh, decree that if there's any men that is praying to an, a God besides you, that they'll have to be thrown into the lion's den. And so the Bible, I'll pick up right here in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. So it goes through and it says, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he went into his house now in his roof chamber, his windows were open toward Jerusalem. He continued to get down on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. So before he was told he was going to be put in the Daniel's den, the lion's den, he prayed. What did he do after he knew he was going to the lion's den? He prayed. How many of y'all know God spared Daniel's life? He spared his life. So number one, make it a priority. Say, you know what? As for me and my house, this is what we do. We pray. Number two is this. You need to find a sacred spot. 
Find a sacred spot. Now, pastor, you told me to pray all day long. Well, that sacred spot may be in the car driving to work. Right? That may be, I'll tell you where mine is. I have a chair. When we moved to our new house, my chair from my room where I prayed and sought the Lord got moved to Noel's room where he played Fortnite out of. I told him, son, there's an anointing that's going to come over your life. You'll be the best Fortnite player in all the land because of the prayers of your dad in this chair. I was a little upset about my chair being taken to his room. All right? But you know what? He went to the military, and I got my chair back. <laughs> neener, neener, neener. He's probably watching right now. Thank you for my chair back. And I cast out every uh, uh, video game devil out of it where he got upset and screamed at the TV in it. And I, I put it downstairs. And, and you know what? I love that time. Every single morning before I come on live with you at 630, I've been in the chair. And I spend time in the chair, and there's times where I first, I haven't drank a full cup of coffee yet. And y'all think that it's some spiritual deal where my hair is made, and I have a suit and tie on. And I have this shawl that goes over, and I have somebody, John, playing keys in the background, and I have incense that's playing. No, my eyes are barely open. And I'm sipping more coffee than I am praying. But I'm saying, God, I need you today. I desire to be with you. God, minister to me right now. Open my eyes to see, open my ears to hear. I pray that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. I don't want y'all to think it's some spiritual deal because I'm telling you, it's not at times, but it gets there. (laughs) You just got to prime the pump. Are you hearing me? So you got to find a sacred spot, somewhere important. You know, when we read about the Garden of Gethsemane, I believe that was a sacred spot where Jesus went to pray when he knew he was about to go die on the cross. And commentary tells us this, this wasn't the first time that Jesus went there. He went there because he could see all of Jerusalem and pray for the people of God in Jerusalem. I'm telling you, if Jesus had a sacred spot, how many of y'all know we got to have a secret spot? It says in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went into, uh, out to a secluded place and was praying there. In Psalm 5 and verse 3, it says, in the morning, everybody say morning. Oh, Lord, you will hear my voice in the morning. I will prepare a prayer and sacrifice for you and watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. So here's the third thing. Number one, made it a priority. Number two, find a sacred spot. Number three, have a plan. Pastor, this is not spiritual. I, I, I thought that you would sit in that chair and you would say, you know what? Until I feel what I'm supposed to pray. How many of y'all know it would be weird if you invited over a friend? And you, you, you sat him in the living room across from you, somebody you were close to, and you said, you know what? I don't want to just talk about anything today. I want to sit here till we feel something. They'd say, you're weird. I'll go ahead and tell them what they'll tell you. You're weird. How many of y'all know that's weird? We're sitting, me and Gabe sitting in a garage with a bunch of wrenches. And Gabe says to me, you know what? We're just going to wait till we feel what we're supposed to fix. I'm going to say, I got cities to build and contracts to fill. And not feel what you have to feel. That's weird. I'm not here to be weird with you, Gabe. I want to be friends. Come on, how many of y'all know we should have a plan? 
Listen, I believe this is biblical. It says this in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, when, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. So this is where we have the model of the, the, the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Notice this. He said, this is not what you pray. He said, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven. So you know how I start off every time that I pray? I just call upon the name of God. And you may not know all the names that I know now, but listen. And those of you out there that say, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Listen, you know how to talk. Some of y'all know how to talk so much, I'm doing everything I can to get away from you because you'd love to talk so much. And you're telling me you can't talk to God? Just talk to him like you're talking to me. Come on, are you hearing me? So... Uh, though you know how to form a sentence and form a sentence that makes a paragraph and paragraph turns into a story. Says lots, lots of times we think that, that prayer and you, just like you uh, in a relationship with somebody, you pray, you talk and you listen, you talk and you listen. That's what prayer is. Lots of times we forget to listen to what God has in store for our life. But uh, he said, this is how you pray. Our father. So I talk about his name, Jesus. God, Holy Spirit, speak to me today. King of kings, Lord of lords, the name that's above all names. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are made safe. Thank you, Lord, that you're Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. You're Jehovah Sikhnu. You're my righteousness. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Talk about, talk about those things. He said that's how... You should pray. They wanted a strategy. These guys did. But he said, no, this is how you do it. You've got to have a plan. Here's the fourth thing. Write it down. Number one, make it a priority. Number two, find a sacred spot. Number three, have a plan. Number four, develop intimacy with God. I'm coming to a close. Develop intimacy with God. Prayer is not about getting what we want from God. Prayer is us connecting with God and knowing Him. Can I tell you what prayer is? Prayer is not about, you know, lots of times we pray because we want to change God's mind. God, you really didn't mean that, right? You know what prayer is? Prayer is not me changing God's mind. Prayer is changing my mind. When I connect with God, He changes me. Prayer is not about me changing God. Prayer is about God changing me. You'll never glow, glow, you'll never glow, grow close. Sorry, man, I can't say it. You'll never grow close to a spouse, to him or her, unless you spend time with him or her. You've got to have an ongoing conversation with that person. You have to. And you know, as I was praying this morning. There were some other things I was going to say about that. But this morning, actually in worship, God gave me the rest of this. I believe there's so many people out there that you say, you know what? The reason that I don't pray. Now, I'm, I'm going to dig a little bit deep here. Is that okay? And this is coming straight out of my heart. This is, this is coming straight out of my spirit. And it's so important that you get this. So you lean in right here. I'll try not to shout. I'll try to be calm. Because this is exciting stuff. 
But there's so many of you, you don't pray because you say this, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the people that I've hurt. There's a, I'm telling you, because of sin in your life, it will do something in you that you feel like you're not good enough. Why? Because it separates us from God. But I'm going to set you free today. I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some tools. The Bible tells us this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, this is the benediction of the Corinthian church. This is the closing statements, and it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. And when and Pastor Robert was talking about the Trinity, I don't have the time to go into the Trinity, but how many of you know God has specific gifts that he gives us? Corinthians talks about uh, gifts that the, the Holy Spirit gives. Ephesians talks about the gifts that Jesus gives. We all know Jesus gave us the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. But they're all connected. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If you're raised in a Baptist church, you know all about the Trinity. It's three in one, right? But this scripture says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with you all. I love what the message translation says. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Can I tell you what my heart's desire for you as a pastor? Can I tell you what it is? Can I tell you what I pray for you? I pray that you would experience the grace of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would experience the extravagant love of God. I pray that you would every day experience the fellowship that the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. The grace. Let's talk about the first one. You say, you know what? I'm not worthy to pray. I'm not worthy. You don't know what you you don't know the things that I've said. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the people that I've hurt. You don't know the eggnog or the amount of eggnog I drank during Christmas time. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But listen, there's still something on the inside of your heart that you know is pulling you to be better. You don't know those things. Can I tell you? Let me, give you, let me give you some insight. Hebrews chapter 4 says this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness and temptations. But one who had been tempted in every respect as we are yet without sin. Therefore let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, without fear. So that when we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See what happens is, is when we finally get bold enough to say, God, I can't do this without you. God, I've messed up. We repent. What we're doing is, can I tell you this? You, 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 you think this, you think, well, he doesn't know what I'm feeling. He doesn't know what it's like to be alone. You think Jesus didn't know what it was like to be alone? Well, he doesn't know what it's like to be betrayed. We know he's betrayed. Well, Jesus, you don't know what it's like to be tempted. The Bible tells us very clear in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and not the book of John, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that he was tempted in all three ways that we are, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And this scripture says right here that he, was, he didn't never give in to sin. So when we say this, but he doesn't know what, how I feel. I'm telling you, he knows how you feel. He knows how you feel. So when he talks about the high priest, he's talking about the Old Testament, the old days, what had, what had to happen was is... Uh, uh, 
the priest that was appointed by God would go through the Holy of Holies. He would go through the veil and he would go and make sacrifice for the whole year. Atonement for our sins for the whole country. But when Jesus died on the cross, he was the high priest. And the Bible says that the, the veil was torn in half. If you were raised in an old Pentecostal church, it was rent in twine, whatever that means. Ripped apart. So now what? that's why it says now we sinners, we tempted, we messed up, can now boldly go to the throne room of grace. So Jesus says, you know what? I've been there. He sympath- the Bible says he sympathizes with us. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for thee. He says, My strength is made perfect in your weakness. When we are weak, he makes us strong. See, you've got to humble yourself no matter how you're feeling. And the grace of God, now he, now let's go there. He's at the right hand of the Father. Am I going too deep for you guys? The Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So he comes in with this grace and he goes to the Father and says, Father, this person messed up. He did make a bonehead move. But my grace is sufficient for him. My mercy is everlasting. He says, God, I want you to show him the love that I've always seen you show. A love that is patient. That is kind, is not envious, is not boastful, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. A love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. A love that never fails. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, he'll forgive you of your sins. When Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, he said, I make mention that I knelt before the Father. What he was telling them was this. They knew that the people of Ephesus knew that the Jews, when a boy or a girl would come up to their dad, they always approached them and they kneeled before their daddy. And when they kneeled before their daddy, it wasn't out of fear. It wasn't out of scare. It wasn't out of reference. Only then when they knelt before their dad, would he would take them and he would bring them in. Can I tell you, when we kneel in prayer... It's a sign that God says, hey, I love you. Hey, come in here. Let me show you what I'm seeing in this situation. And then it goes on to say, so it says the grace of our master, Jesus Christ. He said the love of the father and the third one is this. And they're all connected. This is what happens when we begin to pray. That thing, why you won't go to Jesus, why you won't go to God, why you won't pray, or because the thing that you keep doing over and over in your life and you feel guilty of that, shame, condemnation. He says, you know what? I have the Holy Spirit that wants to lead you and feed you so you don't have to make the same mistakes that you keep making. I want to guide you through this life. That's why we've got to every day pray continually. How many of y'all know we've got to pray continually? Because if we don't pray continually and don't have the guidance of the Holy Spirit with us, we're going to mess things up. We're going to say things that we'll regret. We're going to do things that we wish we wouldn't have had had done. We're going to make financial decisions on our own that is not being a steward of what God has in store for us. 
I'm telling you, let's this year in 2023, let's fight the good fight of faith. In 2023, let's have what God's best for me. But in order to do that, and in order for you to be in the winner's circle, this could be the difference between you winning and losing in 2023. Is having a prayer life. You having a prayer life. Hey, I want to get in agreement with you in prayer as your pastor. I want to tell you that with all my heart. I want to get in agreement with you. But it doesn't mean you don't pray. You as people of God, pray. And it may be awkward in the beginning. There may be some husbands out there. You've never prayed in front of your family. I tell you what, that will be a big turn on to your your wife. I should get an amen from all the wives right now. I'm saying, you know what? This is a man of God. This man cares about my family. This man cares that we're going in the right direction. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. We've been married for 20 years. I've never done it. You've probably been losing for 20 years. How about in 2023 you win? How about we win in 2023? Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, And follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.